Welcome to this Peer Voice activity. To access the entire activity, including downloadable slides and transcript, go to www.peervoice.com forward slash RYR. This activity is supported by an educational grant from Advanced Accelerator Applications, a Novartis company. Welcome to this Peer Voice panel discussion on metastatic castration-resistant prostate cancer. This activity comprises two presentations featuring Professor Silky Gillison and Dr. Matthew Smith. At any time during this presentation, you may download supporting materials and share this activity with colleagues. Hello, this is Matthew Smith from Harvard Medical School and Massachusetts General Hospital Cancer Center in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome to this activity on advances in radiologin therapy for metastatic castration-resistant prostate cancer. Joining me in this discussion is my colleague, Professor Silke Gillison from the Oncology Institute of Southern Switzerland. Welcome, Silke. Hello, Matthew. Nice seeing you. Likewise. So despite advances in the management of metastatic castration-resistant prostate cancer and multiple newer treatment options, uh, this disease state remains fatal and improved overall survival remains in um, a major unmet medical need. Um, so today we're going to be talking about radioligand therapy targeting prostate-specific membrane antigen, or PSMA, and we'll briefly examine the evidence supporting um, this approach. The Pivotal Vision Study is a randomized phase 3 clinical trial. It, it included patients with metastatic castration-resistant prostate cancer and prior treatment with both an androgen receptor pathway inhibitor and a taxane regimen. Um, patients included in the, in the trial had a good ECOG performance status, a life expectancy of greater than six months, and very importantly, they had to have met uh, PSMA PET-CT criteria uh, with um, at least one metastatic lesion having an SUV max greater than the liver background. Eligible patients were randomized to protocol-permitted standard of care alone or standard of care plus lutetium PSMA um, every six weeks for up to six cycles. Um, the primary study uh, outcomes were overall survival uh, and radiographic progression-free survival. Silky, what do, you, what do you think about that study design? Um, can you briefly comment on that? Yes, I guess we, we have talked before. I think um, there was a, a lot of question for um, the so-called standard of care arm that was in reality um, only either steroids that obviously in, in such a late stage, um, probably patients had already had and is not very effective, or one alternative um, novel endocrine agent. So, so in that sense, um, the, the really like, best standard of care that we have, that we know is um, really also uh, beneficial for so overall survival, like cabocitaxel or like radium, were in reality not allowed in that so-called standard of care arm. What I understand also because obviously of the um, overlapping toxicities, but I guess that was one of the questions that was um, a bit brought forward. If you know, we as investigators should really use um, so-called standard of care, so care arms that are a bit e not equipoise um, and, and maybe not 
as as good as it could be. Yeah, certainly. I think a, a challenging part of a clinical trial design. I think the vision trial was well designed. It can't answer all questions, right? And it certainly leaves us with some unknowns about optimal sequencing uh, as we think about the study results. Um, PSMA PET-CT criteria were required um, for, for screening patients uh, in about 13% of patients screen failed because the PSMA criteria were not met, meaning not sufficient uh, PSMA avid disease. Is that consistent with your personal experience in using PSMA PET-CT to screen patients for radioligand therapy? So we are using um, these criteria also for selection of patients. And it seems to me that that kind of 10 to 15 percent is very much also what we are seeing um, in, in clinical practice. So we are using PSMA uh, lutetium mostly after one novel endocrine agent and docetaxel, so in third line. Um, obviously, people could or patients could have had also more lines, but but that is usually where we we using it now because we have an expanded access progress uh, program, and that is how it is kind of the inclusion criteria is like that. In the United States, the uh, lutetium PSMA is approved um, based on the results of the vision trial in exactly the setting you described. Um, and, that, and we're typically prioritizing that treatment in that so-called third-line setting. It is worth noting, though, that uh, about half of patients had received more than one AR pathway inhibitor in the vision trial. And a similar proportion had also received a, a more than one taxane. So these really were a, quite heavily pretreated group of patients and sort of worth considering as we think about the study results. The key observation, of course, of vision is that there was an improvement in overall survival. Um, the hazard ratio for death was 0.62, so a 38% improvement um, in favor of lutetium PSMA. The median survival with Lutetium PSMA was 15.3 months versus 11.3 months in standard of care. Were you surprised by those results? What, were you, what was your takeaway from that uh, uh, overall survival result? Yeah. You could say also the overall survival is not as long as you maybe would have wished for. But as you said, these are really heavily pretreated patients. And I have the feeling it's in the range of what we've seen in that kind of setting, right? I think it's already a, a very nice overall survival that we found with another mechanism of action. So it's, it's kind of not replaced, if I may say that, it's not replacing another drug, it's kind of a, an additional drug that we have in our hands. Yeah, I, I agree with your comments. I think, you know, particularly knowing it's first in class, I think it was critically important to show that, you know, statistically significant in cleaning clinically meaningful improvement in overall survival. And, you know, big picture, I think it really validates PSMA as a target, um, and that was critically important. Um, there was also a, a large improvement in radiographic progression-free survival, which you might expect knowing the magnitude of the overall survival benefit. There, there the hazard ratio was 0 0.40, median um, in the standard of care arm 3.4, improved to 8.7 months with lutetium PSMA. So you know, very clear benefit favoring lutetium PSMA in the vision trial for, for both OS and RPFS. Um, the, and then consistent with that, you know, there were in, uh, better um, PSA response rates. Are you using PSA response 
uh, as a criteria to continue therapy with lutetium PSMA? Yes, we do. I mean, and also for the patients, it's very important, right? Because that was the problem a bit with radium-223, um, because we didn't see PSA responses. And in the patients that we treat with lutetium, you see mostly, as we've seen uh, before, also really nice PSA responses. So, so I think that's also psychologically, I think that's something that's quite important because it was difficult to, to make people understand that you could have a prolonged overall survival without a PSA response. Um, consistent with uh, you know, adverse events previously known for radiologin PSMA therapy, um, in the vision trial, uh, lutetium PSMA was associated with uh, higher rates of adverse events of bone marrow suppression uh, in dry mouth. Have you found those to be uh, treatment limiting in your practice, or uh, how do you think about the safety of lutetium PSMA? I think that the safety is, is like in general, quite good. So the dry mouth, for me at least, the patients that I've treated with actinium, um, that was much more pronounced and really sometimes difficult for the patients. Um, the myel toxicity is a problem, especially if someone had a lot of treatments before or like hadn't already not as, as a good um, bone marrow reserve. The, the kidney function, I think we have to really observe that well, um, but I haven't seen specific problems when you select the patients well. Yeah, so I think you know, the, the vision trial has helped you know, establish a new treatment option, important treatment option for patients, particularly those with heavily pretreated disease. And as we discussed before, the, the study design of vision doesn't allow us to make um, decisions about optimal sequencing of therapy. That's sort of a, a challenge of our field that keeps us all in um, uh, clinical practice, basically, to make good decisions on behalf of our patients. But, you know, the other, another trial that was done, the therapy trial, does help us think about sequencing some uh, and provides more direct information. So therapy was a randomized phase two trial of about 200 patients in Australia. Um, who were good candidates for treatment with lutetium PSMA based on uh, imaging criteria uh, as well as uh, history, prior history, including treatment with prior um, docetaxel. And they were randomized to either lutetium PSMA or cabazitaxel um, and then followed for response. Yeah, so, so I think, you know, that it's a very clean trial in a sense. It's, it's a kind of a cleaner third-line trial. Um, so some patients also had two novel endocrine agents, but in reality it was novel endocrine agent, docetaxel, and then th this question. So in the end, I guess we all were a bit disappointed by the OS, where we didn't see a difference in that trial. But then it's also not powered for OS. The PSA response rate, what was the, the primary endpoint, was positive. Um, so, so I think, yes, this, this trial really has helped me to, to say with a good conscience in a lot of patients, we do the lutetium before the capacitaxel. Probably not in all patients, but I guess that's something we, we can discuss afterwards. Yes, yeah, so you brought, you brought up really the key question, I think, which is, you know, how do we think about that issue? So are, are, which, which patients do you prioritize for lutetium PSMA treatment, say over the other available options, including cabazitaxel in the in the setting that we've discussed. So, so I think 
obviously if someone has a BRCA mutation that question is quite easy to answer because then you probably would go with a BARP inhibitor um, but if you really have kind of the, the discussion do you give carbacetaxel um, or do you give lutetium PSMA um, I think there's in reality for the patients if you discuss the two options it's mostly very clear that they don't want to go for the chemotherapy but for another treatment that is kind of more easy like in a sense of, of logistics every six weeks and has less side effects and maybe also um, a less, less bad reputation um, when you compare it to, to chemotherapy. But there are some patients, I have to say, um, I don't know how you're doing it, who have, yes, PSMA expression, but the PSMA expression um, in, let's say, liver metastasis is, is not as high and um, as like maybe in the other metastasis they have. Um, sometimes I think you, you have patients where, where you have the impression maybe it could be because we're usually not doing an FTG PET as well as was done in the therapy trial. We're just doing the PSMA um, PET. So, so I, I guess sometimes you have these patients where you have PSMA expression that's good enough to get them um, included in the PSMA vision trial, but where you feel it's just not high enough that you would go for the PSMA before um, the capacitaxel. But obviously that's a clear, only a gut feeling. Yeah, we, we, we've adopted a very similar approach, really prioritize treatment with lutetium PSMA for those patients with, with high PSMA PET-CT expression um, and no discordance. Um, fortunately, that's the majority of patients, um, so it is, it is a good option for, for lots of patients. So really appreciate the conversation today. And let me just briefly summarize, I think, our collective thoughts on this. So the vision trial showing an improvement in overall survival and radiographic progression-free survival uh, has helped establish a new therapeutic option for men with metastatic castration-resistant prostate cancer who've progressed despite a prior AR pathway inhibitor and docetaxel. I think at a very high level, it's also validated PSMA as a target, and that'll be very exciting as we think about other radioligand therapies as well as, well as other uh, novel therapeutic ap approaches targeting PSMA. Um, while the vision trial cannot provide us all the information we might like about optimal sequencing, we do have some additional information from therapy that at least suggests that uh, PSMA lutetium uh, is superior to gabazitaxel, at least for intermediate outcomes. So uh, we really appreciate your attention and, and, and interest in this program. Thank you. Hello, this is Matthew Smith from Harvard Medical School and Massachusetts General Hospital Cancer Center in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome to part two of this activity on advances in radioligand therapy for metastatic castration-resistant prostate cancer. Joining me in this discussion is my colleague, Professor Silke Gillison from the Oncology Institute of Southern Switzerland. Welcome, Silke. Hello, Matthew. In this second part of the discussion, we'll focus on how these data may translate into clinical practice. Based on the results of the pivotal vision study, lutetium PSMA is currently approved in the United States, and its use has been incorporated into NCCN clinical practice guidelines. For patients with prior docetaxel and prior novel hormonal therapy and MCRPC, NCCN uh, recommends lutetium PSMA 
for patients with PSMA-positive metastases based on Category 1 evidence, meaning an improvement in overall survival. So, okay, how have you incorporated lutetium PSA uh, into your own clinical practice? Yeah, we were insistent fortunate because we had or have already since some time um, a compassionate use program for lutetium PSMA. So we could actually use it already um, since quite some time. And before, since we are quite close to Germany and you know, like the Germans had all these kind of individualized um, patient programs, we, we could also send patients to Germany to receive lutetium PSMA. In the vision trial, the screen failure rate was only about 15% or so. Uh, is that consistent with your own clinical experience, meaning patients who, who, who fall into the clinical category of the vision trial? Uh, are the majority of them eligible for treatment with lutetium PSMA? Yeah, I think so. These, these about 15%, um, this is what we're seeing as well. I guess one thing is really because um, you asked also before, like when we are giving it. So, so usually if someone has not um, some mutations in DNA repair genes, um, we are giving it after one novel endocrine agent and docetaxel. So mostly third line. Um, and obviously we have a lot of patients that are not fit or for docetaxel or don't want docetaxel therapy. And I have to say, for these patients, it was much more difficult to, to receive the lutetium PSMA. In the therapy study, lutetium PSMA was associated with uh, better objective response rate, PSA response rate, and radiographic progression-free survival. With that evidence, we might say that really helps us in thinking about sequencing. But are there patients in your practice who you would prefer to treat with cabazitaxel rather than lutetium PSMA based on their clinical or other characteristics? I guess there's uh, some, some patients who you really have the impression um, that they have a lot of liver meds that don't have a really high expression of PSMA um, and maybe just a gut feeling that these patients could respond better to cabazitaxel if they are fit enough obviously to get the chemotherapy. In the end, we, we don't know. Um, and I guess it's a, it's a little bit with all the other things. Probably the most important thing is that we can get our patients all the, the drugs that work. Maybe the sequence is not even that important. Yeah, I think that's right. And the therapy study was not specifically designed. It was too small to look at overall survival um, reliably. There, it did report no difference in overall survival. So I think we can kind of comfortably say for most patients that sequencing may not be all that important uh, and it really is more about seeing that the patient receive uh, as many appropriate lines of therapy as possible um, and gratefully i think that patient you described with like you know extensive liver metastases low psma pet expression in the liver disease are relatively uncommon patients but i, I share your view those are patients i'd be thinking about like who may be along the spectrum of neuroendocrine transformation and might might be better served by uh, chemotherapy. And, and they're often the same kind of patients who have rapidly progressive disease and there may be a more urgent need to treat them. So where is the field going? What's next? 
So yes, uh, as we discussed, I mean, it, I think it, it's quite nice that there is this um, PSMA4 um, study that is uh, testing exactly what you said before, like um, how is lutetium PSMA working in patients who had novel endocrine agent and not yet chemotherapy. But uh, there is also a crossover out in that study, what I think is, is really a very, very good thing. And there's another trial um, with another compound that's called Splash, I like the name, and um, in the same situation or similar situation, and I guess you will have that answer. And so, so I guess uh, that is the next thing that's coming, and I'm quite um, excited to see what's, what's coming there. Yeah, we really look forward to that additional data. Um, the next, you know, major reports will really be in the um, MCRPC setting prior to docetaxel, um, and that'll be really important as we think about introducing this therapy for for a, a larger group of patients, including patients who are who are not traditionally good candidates for chemotherapy or patients who, for other reasons, would refuse chemotherapy. So this is, you know, extraordinarily exciting time in prostate cancer. Uh, PSMA is now a validated target in prostate cancer based on the results of the Pivotal Vision study, showing improvements in both overall survival and radiographic progression-free survival. We're happy to have lutetium PSMA as an option for these highly treatment-refractory patients with MCRPC. Uh, and we look forward to the results of uh, ongoing and future studies to uh, better understand the potential expanded role of this radioligand therapy approach in, in a broader group of patients, including those with earlier disease states. Uh, thank you for your interest in this activity, and thanks to my colleague, Dr. Gillison. Thanks, Matthew. What a pleasure. This has been an activity published by Peer Voice.